Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. We've got to talk about IU to start just for a moment. A moment. The Hoosiers, uh, I thought down the stretch, just fell apart. And a must-win game, a huge opportunity at home in the middle of this tough stretch that we keep talking about. It just got away from IU late. And just some late-game shots and decisions. I mean, Indiana had two three-pointers that I don't even think touched the rim. They just glanced off the backboard, wrong people shooting uh, at the wrong time. And so we'll have lots of discussion about that today. But, man, Indiana is squarely back on the NCAA tournament uh, bubble and a tough, tough road game coming up on Monday at Ohio State before things have any chance to get a little easier. Can this Indiana team overcome a four-game losing streak? Can they switch the narrative of recent seasons when things start to fall apart in February, they just keep falling, or can they change it this year and find a way back into the NCAA tournament? So uh, each and every game from this point forward is going to matter so very much for this team because of this four-game skid that they are on. And last night would have been a huge opportunity to add a big resume piece uh, to their efforts for the tournament and it just got away from this team late. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later today. Very busy show. It's New Albany Jeff Day, the Bulldogs hosting the Red Devils tonight. Coach Paul Love and I will be at the doghouse for the full play-by-play story of the ball game, beginning about 7.15 with our pregame show this evening. And let's jump into the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few minutes, uh, Andrew Grants, the coach of Jeffersonville, is going to join us for a game day chat here on the program. Love to hear from coaches in these big rivalry situations on the day of the game. And there's no doubt, if you're a longtime Red Devil fan or a longtime fan of the Bulldogs, it's definitely a different feel to have this game in the middle of February with the sectional tournament draw coming up on Sunday night and a potential rematch for these two teams just a few weeks from now at Seymour, depending if they draw each other or play each other in the second or championship rounds of the sectional tournament. So a different feel. We'll talk with the coaches today. Andrew Grant's first up here in a moment. Later in the show, Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times joins. We've got to recap everything from last night and get you all set with this IU team and where they stand on the bubble heading into another tough, tough game. It's really a, a, a game they've got to win uh, to help take any pressure off the remaining schedule when they take on Ohio State. Again, that game has been moved from Saturday to Monday because of uh, some weather issues that forced a make-up game for Ohio State where the Big Ten 
had to shift a few things around. So Monday, the next IU opportunity, and we'll talk about last night and the Ohio State game coming up with Dustin later in the hour. And then we'll wrap up today with the longtime New Albany coach Jim Shannon. He will join us in segment number three uh, to give us a feel on the Bulldogs and his side of things heading into this big rivalry game tonight. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Our Thornton's text line is open as well. 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, I know we've got some comments already on IU last night. We'll get to those. If you've got questions for our guest, you got a prediction, a thought on the uh, New Albany-Jeff game tonight, whatever it is, you can send it in to us at 502-414-1450. And while you're at it, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today as well for great offers and savings on fuel Every day. All right, Andrew Grants is with us now. Coach Grants, you're still fairly new in this New Albany Jeff rivalry, but I know uh, you understand, and, and really, as you accepted the job at Jeff a few years ago, you almost immediately understood how important this rivalry game is to both of these schools and both of these cities. Absolutely. Well, actually, Matt, before we get started, I do have a question for one of your guests. Later, <laughs> later, later on when Coach Shannon's on, if you could ask him for a detailed scouting report uh, for the game tonight, I would appreciate that. You send that in on the Thornton's text line and we'll ask him. I promise you that. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, no, this is, uh, you know, I, I'm excited. This is going to be my first opportunity uh, for this rivalry to uh, get a coach it with, uh, you, know, full, you know, full capacity. Last year it was during COVID. Uh, and we had limitations in in our gym, so we didn't we didn't have that opportunity to uh, to really experience uh, experience it to its fullness. And you know, tonight being a Wednesday night and being so close to sectional, it definitely definitely is a different feel uh, than earlier in the year. Had to get you know had to move it because of uh, because of some COVID stuff uh, earlier in the year on our part. But uh, very very excited to be able to to get this game in and, and play this game. I know what it means uh, you know to to Southern Indiana. Uh, and how important this game is and just growing up in southern Indiana and having a great appreciation for uh, you know basketball in this area uh, it's I, I'm I'm honored to, uh, to to be able to be a part of this rivalry absolutely Andrew Grants of Jeffersonville my guest here on this game day I think everybody that listens to this show on any regular basis knows what your ball club has been through uh, early season suspension you've had some illnesses to deal with uh, there's been weather there's been a COVID pause it's just been a wild year for everybody but specifically the Red Devils and your basketball team but- yeah, listen to this. I added this up the other day. I was just curious. I was just taking time and, and, and adding this up. And we've, we've had probably now of our possible practices that we could have had this year, it's somewhere around 90 that we could have had. You know how many practices that we've had with everybody there, including myself, with everybody there uh, that has not been out because of you know, injuries, uh, you know, illness, weather, whatever it is, we've had 14 Wow. 14 out of a possible 90. It's just been crazy. So, but last week, uh, and I'm excited about this. Last week was our last week uh, that we had the entire week with nothing crazy happened. <laughs> we practiced all week. We played a game. That was the first time we got to do that since November 29th. Wow! Wow! Th- those <laughs> are some amazing numbers. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So getting back in in the groove. And I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I just. That, I just I was adding that up the other day, and I just thought that man, that's that's incredible. Just what these kids have have been through this year, uh, and what they're fighting with, and the fact that they are now 
have gotten better over the last few games and are, are playing harder every single time that they come to practice, I think that's a real testament to, to our kids and, and uh, you know, their toughness and continuing to want to fight. Coach, you've got to feel as good as what you've ever felt about this team this season because of what you just said about practices. And also, you guys have won three of your last four games. So for the first time, you've been able to build some consistency and some momentum, and it's coming at a good time with this final stretch ahead of the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. We, you know, we we it, the great thing is, unlike the NCAA tournament, you know, we everybody gets to play in sectional, and so the the regular season uh, records, uh, you know, don't matter with seeding. Uh, doesn't put you in any certain spot. You know, you'd like to have a, a better record um, than where we're at numbers wise. Uh, but our focus is just making sure that by the end of the year, where we are, where we need to be to play our best basketball, and uh, and I really believe that the teams that make the runs at the end of the year are the ones that kind of hit their stride and get hot at the right time. And I'm hoping that uh, we're starting to do that, and I'm hoping that there's enough time left in the season. Uh, for us to be able to get to that point here in these last two weeks. All right, you guys beat Bedford North Lawrence. Will Lovings Watts had the basket right at the buzzer at 44-42 over a a solid Bedford team. That had to be a really good lift for you guys specifically to win one in that fashion. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was an ugly game. It was a low-scoring game, and, uh, you know, they really controlled the tempo of that game. Uh, you know, what I was really pleased with that game is that very situation at the end of the game, uh, we worked on the day before. And our guys executed it, which tells me that they were focused in in practice. They were paying attention. Um, you know, they were listening uh, to us coaches during the timeout and, and took it out onto the floor and executed it. And any time that you have that as a coach, that always, you know, makes, makes you feel good and it builds trust within your team. Andrew Grant's the coach of Jeffersonville joining me. Uh, coach, let's talk about what's ahead for you guys. Obviously tonight, uh, a huge game against New Albany. You, even early in your career there, have, have explained the importance of this rivalry game coming up tonight. But some other winnable games for your ball club. You know, people have pinned Floyd Central as the favorite in the 4A sectional at Seymour. A lot of people discounting New Albany, Jeff, and other teams because of how talented the Highlanders are this season. But you've got to feel with the seniors you have, with the ability that they have, and with the opportunity ahead to get back to normal practices, to get back on some sort of regular schedule and win some ball games with the talent you've got you've got to still feel that when this team hits the 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 tournament time and the key parts of the season they've got the ability and they surely have the talent to compete with anyone yeah you know absolutely and and that's kind of the biggest thing for us right now is you know we're still we're still building trust because we haven't been together uh you know trust comes from consistency and communication uh and when you don't have your entire group together all the time you don't get a lot of consistency and it's hard to have communication with the same players so to be able to have that now just simple things backside rotations making sure that you're covering for other players knowing personnel when you're on the court those type of things that you know that that you have to be together as a group and on the same page and trust each other um you know those are the things that we've been working on and we're going to continue to work on and get better at so uh, you know the 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 sectional is uh, is something that we're definitely looking forward to, and just right now though our our focus is just every single day just really focusing on us uh, and making sure that we are building that trust and communication and consistency uh, in every single thing that we're doing every single day, uh, so that by the time uh, that the postseason does arrive, we we feel that we're in a good spot. All right, Coach Grant, so some good news last night for your program. 
Kobe Studemeyer, your senior guard, committed to Rose Holman up in Terre Haute, an NCAA Division III program. Uh, Kobe is not only an outstanding player on the court and a leader um, oftentimes with the basketball in his hands, but but he's a leader off the floor as well. And anyone that knows anything about Rose Holman, and it's an engineering school, I mean, he's going to get a great education, has a bright future ahead of him. But that was good news for the Red Devils last night. Uh, I was I was so excited for him. So um, he he wants to do engineering, which is you know Rose Holman is a uh, incredible incredible school to do that. One of the top in the nation. Uh, so the fact that he gets to go set himself up for the rest of his life, uh, you know, with that degree from that college and still have the opportunity to play the game that he loves, uh, just huge, huge, uh, unbelievable news, and uh, it could not be happier for him. That is. Uh, absolutely, uh, you know, why I believe that most coaches coach is to see their kids go on and do things like that. And, uh, you know, I was so proud of him. He told me that they had offered him uh, the opportunity to play there. It was the week after uh, we had our son back in January. And I told him, I said, if you would have told me this any other week of the year, that would have been the biggest news of my week. And, uh, but, you know, I was, I just, I gave him a big hug and was so, so uh, happy and, and just elated for, for his opportunity just for the rest of his life to, to be in such a great position. Absolutely. Andrew Grant's the Jeffersonville coach joining me in advance of tonight's game. We'll have the broadcast. Coach Love and I will be on about 7.15 from the doghouse in New Albany. Now, Coach, kind of a different background. I think people that know you and your family know you You went through the Providence program. In fact, you returned there uh, to be the head coach and had some great years at Providence. You went off to try the college route, winded up down in Florida, coaching a good high school program there. Then the opportunity to come back this way presented itself, and uh, now you're the coach of the Red Devils. But is this rivalry – Take us back maybe when you were a kid growing up or when you were playing basketball. You obviously never participated in the rivalry as a player, but being a basketball person from a basketball family that played yourself and has always had an interest, even at Providence as a student growing up, I know you understand the importance of this rivalry and how good these two programs have been over the years representing Southern Indiana. Man, how hard it was to get a ticket to these games you know i mean it was just you you couldn't get in i mean it was just it's incredible you know the the world's a little different now there's a lot more things going on you know attendance across the board is is a little bit more down but whenever i was growing up uh you couldn't get into these games i i can remember uh you know my family listening to uh high school games on the radio and this is one that you listen to and just the crowds and and just how crazy it was not only that but uh, every year, you know, you've got players coming out of this, this rivalry that are going on to play at the next level. And, and you've got two teams that, uh, if you look out, you look back to the, the history of, of Indiana basketball, I mean, you've got two teams that are major, major statement teams that, that you know, in, in the best of the best in the history of this state and the history of this game, uh, you know, that are just going at it every single year. So uh, just the, the history behind it, what it means to, to both communities, uh, you know, and now getting to be in it and experience it, uh, you know, it's just, it's been incredible. Yeah. Andrew Grants of Jeffersonville with me. Coach, always fun to catch up. It has been a wild and wacky season for the Red Devils. We wish you the very best of luck moving forward, and we'll see you at the ball game tonight.
Thanks so much, Matt. All right, Coach Grant, it's always fun to have on. And again, one of my favorite things doing this show over the years has been the ability to have on the Coach Grants's, the Coach Shannon's, the Coach Sturgeon's, and others uh, from these big rivalry games, whether it's the regular season or even a big sectional matchup, to get to, to hear from them on game day with their preparation and nerves and so much else going on. It's always, I think, been a fun insight to hear from them uh, directly uh, on the day of the game. So thanks to Coach Grants, and we'll talk with uh, Coach Jim Shannon of New Albany coming up a little bit later in the program. couple of texts on the Thornton's text line. We've got a lot of IU chatter coming up in the next segment, but uh, you can send yours in as well, by the way, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Texter says, Indiana's game was just like the Super Bowl the whole game until the last two minutes. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Uh, then textures, the same texture says, but even worse, <laughs> this is funny, even worse than losing is seeing Indiana's women's all-time leading score sitting behind the opponent's bench, openly cheering for them. I understand she's engaged to one of the players, but that is nothing but flat-out disrespectful. Uh, texture is talking about Tyra Buss, who was an amazing shooter, and an amazing player for the IU women's basketball program. I'm sure most of you know who she is. She was from Southern Illinois, just across the state line uh, from Indiana. So she played at some high school basketball over here in, in the, uh, the Evansville area. Uh, but a great player. She really helped with Terry Moore and the coach kind of get the turnaround of IU women's basketball going. And uh, she was, in fact, she was interviewed last night on ESPN wearing a Wisconsin shirt. She's engaged to. Uh, Davison, I believe, on the Purdue team. So, yeah, that was tough because she is beloved by IU fans, especially those that are diehard IU women's basketball fans. And, by the way, there's more and more uh, supporters of the women's team with what they're getting done, although they had a really bad loss to Nebraska the other night that was surprising. But, yes, I agree the Tyra Bus thing was not good. And then uh, another texter writes, hope all is well. IU men's basketball is still trying to find their way uh, during winning time, and Davis for Wisconsin is obviously an NBA talent, but IU should have still found a way to win, got outscored 13-3, and 13-3 from when it was 66-61 to close the game. On to Columbus, another must-win game. Yeah, you summed that up pretty well, no question about that. All right, we will head to a commercial break. We'll come back with lots of IU talk. We'll recap last night. We'll talk about the dismal close of the game for the Hoosiers. Trey Galloway and Xavier Johnson firing up three-pointers, and they don't even hit the rim. Uh, they just ricochet off the glass and just craziness, and we'll talk about that and more coming up with Dustin Dopierak of the Bloomington Herald Times, and then we've got the New Albany side of the Jeff New Albany rivalry game tonight. Jim Shannon, the longtime boss of the Bulldogs, joins us coming up in segment number three. Stay with us. You're listening to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guest, will recap IU 
and their loss. Not a good one last night. Not at home. Not with the way the game ended here with Dustin coming up in just a moment. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Dustin, this Indiana team, I thought for a portion of the game, maybe even a bulk of the game, played pretty well. It was in the closing minutes of the ball game specifically that things really fell apart. And I, I wasn't in the huddles, and you weren't either, but it sure seemed to me like the wrong guys took the wrong shots uh, in the closing minutes of that ball game. I'm sorry, I missed the part. The wrong guy what? You blanked out for half a second there, Matt. The, it seemed to me like the wrong guys the took question. the wrong shots at the end of that ball game. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, and, and but mostly, I mean, I rewatched the last, especially the last three possessions, just to see what went wrong there because we did the reader Q and A last night, and, and that question was asked specifically. And, and you, when you rewatch it, like the the wrong guy got the ball from a personnel perspective, but basically Wisconsin sort of made sure the wrong guy got the ball. Um, basically, and, and frankly, there wasn't really a, it, the right guy to get the ball was Trace Jackson Davis, and Wisconsin put five guys in the paint to make sure that he didn't score. Um, you know, that's the big issue. I mean, you know, Jackson Davis was asked basically, you know, about throwing that ball out to Xavier Johnson for that what ended up being a wide open three, and he said, you know, I'll take that every time. I mean, the issue is from a, if, if in a vacuum, that's the right pass. If you want your big man to find the open man when he's doubled. He found the open man when he was doubled. He read where the double was coming from. It was Chucky Hepburn. That's the guy who's defending Xavier Johnson. Hepburn is is cheating all the way down to you know the left low block. And so Johnson, you know, Jackson Davis finds the open man there, and that open man happened to it happened to go three of sixteen from the field, and one of six from three that night. And basically, Wisconsin just decided you know in two of those last three possessions who they wanted to take the shot. And it was Xavier Johnson and it was Trey Galloway. And there's two guys that they trust not to, to take three-pointers because Jackson Davis just could not get any opening. I mean, they didn't have Parker Stewart on the floor for the first one. The second one, they brought him on and basically, you know, Brad Davison was up in his shirt. I mean, just, just completely was not giving him any space. And obviously Davison, for whatever you might think about him as, as to his tactics at defending, uh, is generally good at not letting somebody, guy, somebody get away from him. Um, so that's really the issue is basically they – um, Wisconsin defended in such a way that, that they made sure that the, that the wrong guy for them didn't get the basketball and Indiana had to force a couple things or, or really not force a couple things, put the ball in the hand of not good shooters uh, and they missed shots when it came to those two and then uh, you know the Parker Stewart three, you want him getting the ball and they were bound and determined to make sure he got, got it but you know Wisconsin just found a way of either blowing up or avoiding every screen and by the time everything that Indiana had drawn up was sort of passed uh, Stewart was standing there with a defender right in front of his face, and there wasn't anything more he could do to get around him. He just threw it up there. So, um, you know, a, a bad execution in a lot, but in, in, in mostly it was, again, Wisconsin defending in such a way to make sure that, that people that they didn't want to beat him couldn't beat them. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times, my guests, were recapping the loss last night. The number one thing I hear from fans after a loss like this and after this stretch, which has been so tough for the Hoosiers and not good for the team, four losses in a row, where does this team stand as far as the NCAA tournament goes? And what is the pathway to get maybe back off the bubble or back into the tournament? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, right now I don't know if this one will put them over the edge to, you know, not on the bubble anymore. I think coming into this game they were still sort of included in every bracket. Um, you know, that bracket matrix is one site that kind of collects, like, 
every everybody they consider even the least bit credible uh, as far as making a bracket. And Indiana was in all of those. And I, I think even before the Michigan State game, they were practically a nine seed. Um, so they've lost the two ranked teams, and you wouldn't suspect that that would knock you out. Um, but it is, you know, that they're piling up losses. They're sub 500 in the Big Ten right now. So I, I imagine. Uh, by the end of this week, and, you know, if if you see enough of these bracketology things, um, uh, it, you know, by Sunday or whatever, obviously they're not playing now until Monday with the Ohio State game being pushed back. Uh, you're going to see them fall out of some of these. Uh, I think they're going to be very much on the bubble at this point. Um, they're going to have to prove they can win some games, basically, and I think they might they might have to win at least one that, that they're not favored to. Uh, that might mean Ohio State. That might mean Purdue. Uh, I think they certainly got to get Maryland, Minnesota, and Rutgers at this point. Um, it, they're, they're, they're hurtling toward a situation where, where they're, they're very much on the bubble and uh, you know they're starting to lose out on opportunities to get themselves off of it. Again, I think it helps that Rutgers looks good. I think that's a game that you need to win at home. Um, and that can help your cause the more and more they're winning. That's one that you can point to. Um, you know, I mean, you get Ohio State on the road, and you did beat them by double figures at home. Um, and obviously, uh, it's on the road. It's a different ball game. You don't have Rob Finnessy right now, and that's an issue. Uh, maybe you can hope to get him back by Monday. Um, but they, they really obviously need something that, that makes them feel better about themselves. Obviously, beating Maryland and Minnesota, I don't think is enough. Those are the two games you look at and say, well, they got to win those. Um, but I think they got to get at least Rutgers, maybe even Ohio State. Um, Purdue, I think, is going to be a tough one at their place, but and they might need to get some things done at the Big Ten tournament as well if they only win, uh, you know, one of those between Ohio State and Rutgers. I think I mean, they, they are they are definitely in a worse position uh, than they were a week ago, that's for sure, and they're they are certainly hurtling toward the bubble. Yeah, and it's amazing to me, and I know it's the Big Ten. I know college basketball is tough, uh, but it's amazing to me that and, and other teams have this same situation. Uh, but it's amazing to me, Dustin, that once again, as we start to think about the tournament and we get into the back half of February, even though there have been some really good moments in year one of Coach Woodson uh, where I thought this team was going to be safe and I thought this team might go through the end of February without the worries of are they in the tournament or not, but right back in the same position as what they have been the last number of years, RIU fans, and wondering and worrying, is this team going to make the NCAA tournament? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think uh, obviously Northwestern, you know, those suspensions, and I mean, I, I don't know that they're still reeling from those, but uh, you know, that was that's the game that you're supposed to win, and um, you know, you give that one away, and you don't get something back on the back end so far. I mean, basically, if, if you know, um, obviously that's an investment in the long term, you know, that Mike Woodson made, but obviously it's it's a, a failure to invest on the part of the players, um, you know, for whatever exactly it was they did. Um, it's not recognizing the importance of, of that game and knowing that's a, a game that you should win and that's a game that you need to take care of business on because things are going to get harder for you real fast. Um, you know, with, when they had Michigan State, Wisconsin, Ohio State coming up all in a row, it was like, get this one, stay safe, and, you know, then try, then put yourself in a position where you're playing with house money. Um, and they didn't do that. So that, you know, basically just, just really threw them behind the eight ball and, 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 you know, just sent this group into a spiral. Um, and so, yeah, again, they're very much in that position where it can go south. And, and, and you saw, I mean, you know, if it keeps going really bad, uh, you know, they could not even make the NIT. You've seen it go that direction before, obviously, last season, uh, when the bottom completely fell out. And you, you saw the 2018-19 uh, team. They obviously made the, made the NIT, but the bottom really fell out on that team. They lose a ton of games in a row. 
Um, so they basically just got to get themselves in back in position that they can win a basketball game and go from there. And, and but it is absolutely staring in the face that this team looked safe, um, had some big wins, had some really good performances. Um, you know, like the, the the Maryland win. You know, they they go out and beat them by 13 on the road. I mean, that that feels so long ago now. That that seemed like a team that was really in control, and it just has not been control in control ever since. Talking to Dustin Dopirak, the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, if there's a bright spot last night, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, I talked earlier in the week with Zach about this. Uh, he's not had the most efficient of games lately. Uh, in fact, he's had some of his worst games of the season. I don't think there's any question about that in this four-game stretch. But last night he was very, very efficient. He had 30 points, 10 of 13 shooting. That's almost 77%. From the field, eight rebounds, a career high, I believe, six assists and three block shots last night. So Trace was back to normal Trace, efficient Trace. That's the one I think really good takeaway from last night because if Indiana's going to make the tournament, if they're going to beat Ohio State on the road, if they're going to win some of these must-win games coming up, he's got to have performances like that. Right, no, absolutely. I mean, they've got no chance if they can't rely on big performances from him because they're just not getting enough anywhere else right now, certainly not from the guards. Um, but, no, he was he was fantastic. I mean, you know, he was 10 of 13 last night. In the previous three games, he was 12 of 35. So, I mean, that that's just a drastic uh, change in efficiency. You know, he mentioned basically that he was going through a foot injury, uh, you know, some kind of nagging thing, not necessarily anything that could keep him out, but was, was at least limiting his effectiveness. And basically, said he took two days off and didn't practice, and that made a huge difference. And felt a lot more explosive, felt more a lot more comfortable uh, attacking. I think he, he, he got up a lot closer to the rim. They ran a lot of stuff for him to get him alley oops, uh, get him dunks, get him easy layups, as opposed to him just having to take five footer after five footer after five footer. And he ended up making a couple of those, had a little bit more confidence, but was really just more forceful at getting closer up to the rim, getting getting it to the point that it's a, it's a true bunny layup. Um, as opposed to having to put something on it and, and, you know, like, you know, a five foot hook looks easy. It's, you know, for a six foot nine guy with that much, you know, wingspan, um, but it's not necessarily, and you're still putting that ball in the air for a little while. It's, uh, you know, subject to the fates of physics for a while. Um, and you want to get up closer and, and, and have a true easy one. And he had some easy dunks and was able to really just push past guys, uh, last night, but was really efficient, really, really good at reading double teams, really good at, um, you know, finding cutters. I mean, I think there was there was one pass he made to Galloway for a dunk that was just gorgeous. Um, so he had a, a lot of you know sharp basketball plays last night, but was also just more forceful and just more willing, you know, able to you know assert his will. Uh, it helps, I think, that Wisconsin doesn't necessarily have um, the sort of big guy that you have in the past that, that, that it's that's impossible to sort of move. You know, uh, Stephen Crowell's okay, but you know he's not. Um, you know Brian Butch or something like that. I mean, it's a it's, it's a different ballgame. There, it's guys that he could beat, and it's not the same as going up against Kofi. Um, so, he, but he did a good job, I think, of exploiting that match and being as efficient as you could. And yes, if, if they if they have him, it gives them a puncher's chance every night. Um, you know, if, if if they don't have him, they're in a shape like Michigan State where they're gonna, you know, be really lucky to score sixty because you know where else do you get your scoring? Dustin, if you had a vote and you were asked for your vote right now for Big Ten Player of the Year. Based on what you've seen from Johnny Davis twice now against Indiana, he also has had big games against Purdue, uh, and he's had a great season overall. Is is he your vote for Big Ten Player of the Year? Could he really win this award? Oh, he could absolutely win this award. I mean, and but like as you said, I mean, there's God, there's so many good candidates, um, and you know, Davis. I mean, I, I think. Um, you know, I was, I was actually talking to Myron Metcalf last night, the ESPN guy, because he used to be in Minnesota. 
beat writer, so we go way back, and he was your guy. I think Johnny might have won the Wooden Award tonight. Um, not just not not just Big Tens, he might have won the Wooden Award tonight. I mean, it was it was just a fantastic game for him, and and the shots he made were some that you couldn't defend. I mean, I was a little bit surprised that uh, you know IU left uh, Stewart and Cop on him as long as they did, because um, I feel like you you got to you know put Galloway on him and take your chances. But I think they were also concerned about what Davison would do against those other two guys. Uh, it's a little bit more aggressive off the bounce, and Davison had twenty one too, so it didn't really matter. Um, between those two guys, none of the wing defenders was stopping anybody last night. Um, but I mean, man, just the smoothness of Davis's game is is really something else. But I mean, you, um, you know, and just, again, the, the shots that he can make, the way he can take over a game weight um, and, and get fouled. I mean, the the you know he had this you know a couple of those turnaround fadeaways, but he also had that kind of uh, that that three point play that that puts Wisconsin on top, where he just sneaks in between. I think it was Galloway. Um, and Jackson Davis on that drive. I mean, just found just the tiniest little hole uh, to get in there, you know, get contact and the layup. You could argue that he didn't, you know, shouldn't have got the continuation on that, um, but he still got it and finished it, and that's that's a, just a major league move. So, I mean, he's a phenomenal basketball player. He's going to be a top-ten pick, but, I mean, you know, you look down the list as other guys that, that are have to be part of that discussion. I mean, you still have to talk about Jaden Ivey, and that's a top-five pick, and he's phenomenal, um, you know, Kofi Coburn obviously has just been, you know, just an unbelievable force for Illinois and keeping them in that. Uh, you know, EJ Liddell, I think, still has to be part of the discussion um, just with what he's done for Ohio State, the, the versatility of his game. You know, all of those guys, and he's still, I mean, even, you know, Trey Young Williams and Zach Eady are, are got to be sort of outside portions of the discussion. Um, you know, if Michigan makes a run late, I mean, Hunter Dickinson's played really well in some games. Um, that's probably a. a, a you know, definitely a dark horse, but you know, it's a guy that I, I don't think you could totally rule out. Um, and so, I mean, it's just it, it is an, a, an incredible competition of like the, the top level guys in the Big Ten are just some of the best in the country, and, and it's guys that are experienced too. Uh, and that's really what's made it a fun league, I think, to watch this year. All right, Dustin. Uh, any insight? And I know that uh, we're still early here in February with so much going on. But any insight as far as the Big Ten goes? How many teams could the league? get in the postseason, get in the tournament this year? Man, um, I feel like, you know, I'm trying to think of, of like who I've seen in like the, the last bracketologies, but I mean, it, it seems to me that you're, you know, obviously the definites uh, are, you know, Purdue, Illinois, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Ohio State, um, you know, and, and Michigan State. I think that's five that you start with right out of the gate. Um I love Rutgers' case. I, I think they're making a better case all the time. So I think Rutgers is getting to the point where I think they're safely on the right side of the bubble. So that's six. And then you're looking at Iowa, Michigan, and Indiana, and I think those are obviously your sort of bubble teams. Um, you know, Indiana was certainly on the right side of it most of the time. They can play themselves on. They can play themselves off. Uh, you know, Michigan, I think, obviously has a, has a um, further distance to go at 13-10, and 10, but they're 7-6 and six in the league, and they've got some pretty good wins. And when, they, and when they're good, they're really good. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were just phenomenal against Purdue. You watch these guys, when they make shots, you're like, how does anybody ever stop them? And obviously they don't make those shots all the time. Um, but I think, you know, the, the, the longest list that's possible would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I mean, like, 9 is the most you could conceive of, but I think you're, you're, you're more likely looking at 7 with 8 being a uh, high watermark, I think, for the Big Ten. All right, Dustin Dopiraki's with us. Wednesdays is our IU uh, go-to man for the Wednesday program, and uh, tough stuff for IU fans to hear about today. But, Dustin, appreciate uh, the opportunity to have you with us again. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Matt. All right. Uh, as we head to commercial break, I, I want to work this in. Floyd Central defeated last night on their home court by a very, very good Brownstown team, which has aspirations of a deep state tournament run as well. Uh, Floyd was without uh, Caleb Washington last night. I understand he will be back soon, just an ankle injury, nothing that's terribly severe. But uh, Jack Benner, he's the sophomore son of longtime Brownstown coach Dave Benner, who played at Brownstown, played at Hanover under uh, coach Mike Beitzel. Uh, his son is getting interest from IU and Purdue and other schools early on in his high school career. And last night, Benner had an amazing game. He started the game with just a common-looking three-pointer from the volleyball line, just like it was a routine play for him. He drilled it. Uh, then at the end of the game, and, and Floyd Central led by 16 points at halftime. Brownstown absolutely came storming back in the second half. But Benner had... The game winner, he crossed the timeline, not far from the timeline, put up a, a shot uh, way out at the buzzer. Uh, it goes in in overtime. Brownstown was down one. They end up winning the game by two at 60-58. Jack Benner had 37 points last night for Brownstown Central, who's 17-3, and Floyd Central 16-3. and It was a classic game. At halftime, you thought it was over with the Highlanders ahead by 16, but a real challenge late in the year for Floyd Central. This kind of stuff is good for them. Uh, there's no question about that, but Jack Benner, IU fans, add him to your radar as a young prospect in our state to follow. He is really good. He can shoot the basketball. You want to talk about looking at last night's IU result, some of the late misses there. This is a kid that can shoot the basketball. He is a pure shooter. It'd be interesting to see how his game develops and what happens to him as a prospect at the Big Ten level with IU or even Purdue? We'll head to a break. We're back with Jim Shannon of New Albany to talk more about this big rivalry game tonight. New Albany hosting Jeffersonville. We've got pregame coverage at 7.15 this evening here on the Big X. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here. Final segment of this Wednesday program. It's uh, a weird game day for such a huge rivalry game in southern Indiana. New Albany hosting Jeffersonville tonight. Our pregame coverage begins here on the Big X at 7.15. We heard from Andrew Grants earlier in the program. Now we hear from Jim Shannon, the longtime head coach of the Bulldogs. And uh, Coach Shannon, uh, Coach Grants texted in the the text line. He wants to know if you'd give a detailed scouting report on on the game tonight, so he can get a little heads up from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, probably not. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to ask you. You've done this for for a long time. You've been a, a big part of this rivalry series now for many many seasons. Uh, how weird is it to play this game 
on a Wednesday night. I know there have been some other delays because of snow and things over the years, but I'm not sure it's ever been played this late in the season, this close to the sectional pairings announcement on Sunday, and this close to a potential rematch at Seymour in a few weeks. Well, you know, Matt, the the land, I appreciate you having me on. Um, The last few years with COVID and, you know, other adversity that people have had to face, um, you know, I think that uh, we've all learned two things from it. First of all, we better be thankful for what we do have because when we weren't allowed to have some of the things we were used to having, uh, it was quite painful. Uh, A lot of people got sick. A lot of people passed away. And so there, there were some very dark times in the last few years. So I think first and foremost, we've got to be thankful that things appear to be better. Thankful that we're still playing basketball now with total attendance and, you know, people being able to come, uh, kids being more healthy. So very thankful for that and humbled by the, the whole thing. That being said, yes, you, you better also be flexible because this last few years has taught us flexibility. You, you have to roll with the flow. You got to kind of go with the punches and you get knocked down. You got to pick yourself back up and not look in the rearview mirror, but look in the windshield. And so that's what we've tried to do. I know a lot of the programs have tried to do it. I know that Andrew's been through a lot this year um, with personal illness and, you know, being off and some of the players uh, being sick and, and so I know that they got off to a rocky start, but I think they're playing much better. I think they've got a nice team. And, uh, you know, they could really catch on here at the right time and be, be a tough out in the sectional. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely strange to be playing on a Wednesday and be playing each other so close to the sectional. Jim Shannon of New Albany joining us here in this final segment. Coach Shannon, the Bulldogs 10-8 and eight this season. It's not a normal season by any stretch of the imagination, whether it's the win-loss record or COVID uh, situations that you just described. But this New Albany team has faced an unbelievably tough schedule, especially in the first part of the season, and uh, has had some good moments. It's kind of been a back-and-forth deal. How do you see your ball club heading into tonight's game after a loss on Friday to Providence, but right back on Saturday with a win over Silver Creek? I thought our kids showed a lot of heart on Saturday. Uh, you know, when you when you lose on Friday night to uh, – to Providence in the way that we did lose. We didn't play very well in the second half, and they jumped on us and pretty pretty much got way out in front of us. And, uh, you know, it, I think it was hard on the kids and hard on our staff. Uh, you never like losing in that fashion uh, to a rivalry team, but it happens. Uh, people probably don't forget, but I think some people do, that we got spanked there <laughs> a few years ago, 50 to 20. So... Always a tough place to play. I think you have to take your hard knock sometimes, and like I said, remain positive. Look in the you know, look in the front windshield, not in the rearview mirror. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, yeah, our our schedule has been very very tough. You know, we ramped up our schedule back when uh, when we had Romeo for sure, and not just him, but we had a lot of other great athletes, and we had a great team. And so for four years, we started really really playing top-tier teams, and we've kind of kept that schedule for the most part uh, after he graduated, and I think that's been, you know, a very difficult thing to do. If you looked pre-Romeo at our schedule um, and post-Romeo at our schedule, 
I think you would see two totally different schedules. This one's a lot tougher. And so I, I give our kids a lot of credit for hanging in there, uh, you know, getting through the rough times. And I do think we, we're capable of playing with anybody uh, left on our schedule and anybody in the sectional. But it's going to have to take a great effort. But I believe our kids can do it. All right, Coach Shannon, uh, i got to ask you, you know, Tucker Biven has been the focal point all season long uh, as far, coming into the season as the season has gotten underway and, and he's had some big moments, recently reached 1,000 points. So we know about Tucker. We know his baseball future that is ahead for him. Justin Carter of New Albany for your team seems to have really been someone that when he is on, when he is able to find a way to successfully slash to the basket, make good plays to the rim, he can score it. He's been a big, big lift at times for this New Albany club. Can you talk about his emergence and what he brings to the team, his ability to get to the rack? Well, he has been playing really well. Uh, you know, Friday going into the Providence game, he had not practiced. He got hurt Tuesday in practice and did not finish. I think he went about 30, 35 minutes on Tuesday. He did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice on Thursday. Uh, really was having a tough time just getting around, walking up the steps at school. So Friday came along, and while it was still bothering him, you know, he got some treatments, and, uh, you know, Liz Matson, our trainer, who's wonderful, worked with him and got him stretched out, and he went ahead and tried it Friday, but he wasn't himself. Uh, he showed flashes of what he can do, but then he came up kind of limping and, just just kind of missing a step on Friday, and we really needed him Friday. So, you know, we were we were without him. And then, you know, miraculously, though, it just got better overnight. And on Saturday, he felt pretty good. We didn't even think he was going to play Saturday. And, again, he got it stretched out, got a treatment, and I think it just started to get better. Now, this week in practice, knock on wood, he hasn't complained about it at all. So, hopefully he's back 100% and he'll remain 100% throughout the tournament. All right, Jim Shannon with us. Coach, uh, we've got about a minute left, and we've talked some about the rivalry, and you've had a good record against the Red Devils over the years and your long time now at New Albany. But what does this series mean to you as the coach of New Albany and also as someone that spent, what, 36 years now as a head coach in our state? I mean, it's not just a big rivalry here. It's recognized all across the state as one. Yeah, let me real quick say that, yeah, I'm very proud of Tucker Bivman, too. You had mentioned that, the 1,000 points he'll be getting the ball tonight. You know, this this kid has remained loyal to the basketball program when baseball is really his cup of tea and where he's going to really excel and have a brilliant future. But, uh, you know, he stayed with us, and obviously we're tickled that he did that, made us a lot better. So uh, shout out to him because I just love him. But, yeah, this rivalry is tremendous. Love it. Uh, it's nerve-wracking, you know, to, to go through this 24 years, this game. But it's a, it's a wonderful series, one of the best in the state. Everybody argues about which one's the best. Of course, down here in the South, we feel like it's the best. And, and you could argue it all day long, but it, there isn't anything like it. We have officials across the state that always want to work it. So I'm just blessed to have been a part of it this so many years and just really, really enjoy it. And, We'll see another barn burner tonight, probably. All right, Jim Shannon of New Albany. Coach, always great to catch up. Best of luck tonight. Matt, thank you so much. Have a good day. All right, we'll head to – that'll wrap things up for today, rather. And uh, big New Albany Jeff game tonight, 7-15, the pregame show, 7-30. We'll have the full play-by-play story. 
the Big X and that New Albany Jeffersonville series over the years. Uh, it's it's legendary, and we look forward to bringing you the the next version of that game tonight and hope that you can make it out. Hope for a big crowd, even on a Wednesday night for this rivalry game. Back with you uh, tomorrow at 11 a.m. We'll recap everything IU High School and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.